It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Other side of midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. Uh, well, this is exciting. Joined in studio by Jan Giro, who is a has had many professions over the course of his life, and he is 90 years old. He's been an architect. He's been a professional dancer, a fashion designer, a documentary filmmaker, and. He has been chronicling his life and his personal journey of self-discovery on a weekly TV show. And now, breaking into a new career in his 90s, he is going to be launching a one-man show. Jan, thanks so much for joining me in studio. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So uh, tell us your your story. Uh, you uh, your, your family survived the Holocaust, and you came to the United States. No, it's a little bit different from that. Uh, I, I stayed in Europe, in Europe during the World War II, but my mother, being... Jewish, fortunately, was able to leave in 1939, about four months before the German invasion of Denmark, where she was living. She was born in Ukraine, married to a Dane. And w- so where did you remain during the war? In D- Copenhagen. In, in Copenhagen. Yeah. And then when did you come to the United States? Uh, after the Second World War, uh, and what, in '46. What made you come to New York City? Well, that's why my mother with her new husband, went after she divorced my father. Got my, it. My Danish father. So, as I mentioned, you've been an architect, a professional dancer, a fashion designer, a documentary filmmaker. How come you can't seem to hold a job? Yeah. Well, it's not a question of holding a job, frankly. It's, um, I'm, I don't like to work with other people, frankly. I see. So I I'm a solitary kind of person, and... Uh, Architecture is a communal business, you know. You need experts in various parts of it. It isn't all design. There's also selling the job and having uh, stress analysis and uh, experts in various aspects of uh, And so um, why was I a modern dancer? Well, uh, I was a solo dancer, so I was honing in on trying to connect with the universe with my voice, so to speak, so to speak. And uh, the documentary filmmaking, well, or the documentary filmmaking was, um, well, actually, it's just me and another person, one camera person, actually. She was a camera person, I was the editor, and we were, it was a love affair between us. We were both studying Argentine tango, and so uh, she had been in dance as well with the Martha Graham Company, and... uh, we liked to document other people's work in the dance world. 
if people are just tuning in, we're talking with Jan Giro. You could check out his website at J-A-N-G-E-R-O.com. There's some mm. interesting videos on there, some very interesting photographs on there as well. We have a lot of listeners, Jan, who are in their late 70s, early 80s, mid-80s, and they would love to live to 90 and be as sharp and as active as you've been. I'm sure you get this question a lot. What's the secret to living to 90 and living a fulfilling life at 90? Tell me. I'd like to know myself. Well, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm in no position to tell you. Well, I can, uh, I can, I can guess at some of the things that makes it possible for me to reach the age of 90 which happened about a month ago. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. It was March 31, day before April Fool's Day. And in a way, I kind of feel like an April Fool. <laughs> I mean, I've felt a little bit that way all my life. But um, in terms of the... First of all, I'm a vegetarian. Ah. And I've been for 50 years. No dairy either? Uh, I kind of cheat sometimes with goat uh, cheese. Goat cheese, got it. But otherwise, no oat milk or soy milk and uh, no yogurt or regular cow's milk or other types of cheeses. And no seafood? No. No seafood? No, no. But, I mean, it it happened in stages. I started probably at the time when my father died at arteriosclerosis. And um, Denmark is a dairy country, so... uh, I attributed one of the reasons for his death to that. At that time, they didn't have the stent technology, so he died. And both of my half-brother and half-sister that live in Denmark have stent. And I, three days ago, got a stent. In oh. In one it doesn't look like it slowed you down a bit at all. Well, I mean, okay, so uh, on the exercise level, I have been very persistent. And uh, one of the instruments I like in particular that I think have been useful, the spine is a very important part of the human body besides the organs. And I use what's called a, um, what the hell is it called? <laughs> a, um, I can't remember, it's a, it's a table inversion oh, table. Oh, okay, an inversion table. So I've I heard hang, good things about an inversion table. So I hang by my ankles. Usually for about eight minutes. <laughs> That's and, quite a sight. I can. I'd, uh, you do this every day, eight minutes uh, hanging upside down every day? Normally, but uh, I just had that procedure done last Wednesday, so I'm not going to invert myself. I did actually today, but I stayed off it. I, I uh, did have just four minutes today, but normally I do eight. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. That's very impressive. Well, there, there are movements in the spine that you need to do while you're hanging there, and then it's just hanging. Uh, yeah, I would think that gets a little monotonous for eight minutes, just hanging upside down. Uh, talking with Jan Giro, we're going to tell you how you can see uh, him in an upcoming show that's starting at the end of this month. Now, you are a big advocate of journaling. I know a lot of the mm. journaling that you do takes the form of video journaling, mm. but do you keep a conventional print paper journal as well? 
Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But uh, as you were just pointing out, at about 12 years, I was keeping a text journal. I've written, believe it or not, approximately 40 journal books that cover all the years from starting in 1960. But um, uh, from the documentary filmmaking, you know, I had some uh, abilities in terms of filming myself. I turned the camera on me and myself. I'm my own technician. I put the camera on a, on a bookcase and I face it and I stand there and I talk um, for about uh, 30 minutes every week. And that lands on a um, on Manhattan Neighborhood Network. It's a public access station. Right. And uh, yeah, so it's a very well-regarded public access uh, channel. I've done stuff on there. And because it's Manhattan, it has a very wide viewership, even though mm. it's just considered public access. So you do this show. It's called The Compulsive New Yorker. Yes. And you basically just riff about what you've done and are doing. Well, I, I try to stay away from what's external to my life. Try to call, get on the pathway to my internal journey. If someone wants to start journaling, mm. would you suggest they start with text? Would they start with video, audio, combination of all three? What would you suggest? Any one of the three. Audio, actually, I would think is one of the best because... There's less editing involved, for example. I mean, if, unless you just put to, you don't edit it at all. I mean, I, I edit my, all my work, whether it's video or audio, in various different ways. Sometimes I'm a little hoarse. Sometimes I may be a little ill and I cough. I cut that. And if I clear my throat, <clears throat> I cut that down, down a couple of dB, d, dBs. And when I chuckle... I up it a little bit so that I feel look more sound more cheerful. <laughs> so <laughs> instead of <laughs> you started doing this TV show around the age of eighty, then right? Yes, around. that's right. It's Twelve years ago. What made you, even though you were getting a lot out of journaling, which you've been doing for the last fifty, sixty years, what made you want to put that on television for other people to see? Well, <clears throat> it wasn't so much that I wanted to put it on television. It's just that. I, be, I began getting a little too... I mean, my major goal is really for a certain type of visibility, even though I'm kind of living in my own closet and always, or usually working by myself. But um, as I am in the last stage of my life, I'm a, the yearning for visibility became more important, and that's why I try to find a placement on MNN, for example, and other things. So you're an introvert that doesn't want to interact with many people at all, but <laughs> wants to be seen by as many people as possible, essentially. Yeah, yes. I love it. I love, I love the walking uh, contradiction. I, I'm a bundle of contradictions myself. So now you're launching this new show at the end of this month, a one-man show called Naked at 90. What's it about? What are you doing in this show? What are people going to see? Well, the first thing I'm going to be dealing with is what I mean by naked. I mean, I, I, I do mean actually the literal naked at some point, but it's particularly the paraphrasing of what naked means. It means to be transparent about what I feel and that other people will be able to witness an authentic, 
person who doesn't pretend to be one thing or another. But you're actually going to be naked during the show itself. Well, don't say that too No, long. okay. There will be a moment at the very end. This will be a surprise. I will actually... If people want to see, uh, if people want to see the show, uh, what's the best way for them to go, to do that? Should they go to your website? Well, that's one place. The website there's a ticket option there. That's j a n g e r o dot com. Yeah, and then there's also on social media, uh, a media platform called Naked at Ninety. Now that's the word naked and the word at a t, and the number nine o. So people should search on social media for Naked at Nine Zero. Yes, please. If this goes well in New York where you're kicking things off, do you see this expanding to other cities? Not other cities, no. No. Oh, well, it's a possibility. But, I mean, it takes energy when you're over 90 years old to move anywhere. I, I can imagine. That, that's why, I mean, I give you credit for wanting to do this show at 90. Yes. And uh, I, you know, can certainly appreciate the desire to want to be seen and heard by others. But I, I do wonder at what point the that's worth all the time, attention, energy, and I'm sure money that it involves putting a show on like this. True, true. But, so but, what drives you to keep doing this at 90? Well, uh, in in some ways... I'm sorry to put it this way. Um, I uh, I identified you, too. And um, like in America, Afro-Americans, we were or have been for 2,000 years a marginalized uh, um, cultural group, at least. I'm not religious. And I'm kind of vowing to be standing the longest, <laughs> outlive all the people around me, at least the people who've known me. Well, I think that's phenomenal. So the show is called Naked at 90. Uh, people can search Naked at 90 on social media or they can go to the website dot com. Jan, you're a remarkable guy and uh, it's a real pleasure to meet you in person. Best of luck with the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. If you want to comment, you certainly can. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. Other Side of Midnight. Midnight.